This is the Sounding Board Podcast with Hachi and Damo. Thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to drink wise. Question time on the sounding board for Drinkwise. It's a different question time. I'll get to that in a moment. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to drink wise. It's different because Caroline Wilson is still in the Craig Hutchison chair for this week on the sounding board at Glen Jong. Caro, on Facebook, a regular listener to us here on this uh, program. Where did you both meet Hachi first, and what were your first impressions of Hachi? Oh, look, I, I couldn't tell you where I first met him, but I was hosting the afternoon program on 3AW, and I was also doing a spot on then Ross and Dean on 3AW Breakfast Show where I was a character called Antenna. And I remember I, that. Actually. I was a TV reviewer. I know, bizarre. Anyway, Ross is re- the reason. <laughs> so I'll he get... should have got into that as well. In Ross the main is the reason the I went into radio. But I talked one day about how there. Well, funnily enough, we talked about this on um, the sounding board. But um, there were a lot of young guns in ger- TV journalism at that time, and I said, uh, I think there was Anthony Mithun and Jared. Oh, it was Jared Whaley? I can't remember. Well, H- Mitho and Hutchie sort of went at it together, didn't they? Even in the yes. same newsroom at times. Yes, and I said. I said, of, of all of them going around at the moment, I think that Craig Hutchison is the best. Yep. And Craig got in touch with me to thank me for what I'd said. And that was, I think, how we met. There you go. Uh, similar in that um, I'd been in Sydney, I think, um, when I first, I'd come back from Sydney, and he's younger, um, but when I got back into the Herald Sun building after, so it would have been 95, I reckon, maybe, Caro, um, this, 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 this guy was just running a muck in a in a new sense way and and annoying people who had beats you know there's the a cricket writer's beat there was a you know certain club beat there was a certain medical beat within footy he was just he was just nipping at their toes and annoying every single seasoned experience and you just knew that he was gonna <laughs> not die wondering on where he could take his There abilities. was a lot of ring fencing of stories back then wasn't there there was a, a lot of turf that you weren't meant to tread on Absolutely. i never i never i never subscribed to that view yep this is a serious question, Caro. Jared Wilkes, uh, have you ever actually fired a bow and arrow, Caro? <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> <laughs> so this is the stuff we deal with. Probably at a six-year-old birthday party that I can't remember back in the day when you were probably allowed to have bows and arrows at birthday parties, but no, I haven't. I'll tell you what to do. I'll give you an idea to do for next week on the um, Monday Footy Classified. Yep. Speaking of uh, bows and arrows, lo- there's vision of Lloydie trying to fire a, an arrow for an old-fashioned Thursday night footy show skit, which he's so embarrassed about and doesn't want ever replayed again, but you can ask the producers to find oh, it. Maybe uh, introduce the arrow with that instead. I reckon if you did that. He, or he, it, if it's a strong one, end it with that. He was so confident going into the particular event that he thought he'd worked out how to do it and then it just blew up in his face. Uh, this is Hilton Barber. Caro, why do you always push to move North Melbourne to Tassie when there are other clubs worse off than North? This will be good. Well, I don't think I've done that for a while. Um, there was a period when North Melbourne were very much in the AFL sites to go to Tassie. They went to play in Tassie. Um, their former president, James North Brayshaw, supporters think you hate them, Caro. I know they do. The former president, James Brayshaw, tried to do a seven- game a year deal, if you remember. Um, Jeff Kennett gazumped him at the last minute. And yeah, Kennett blew that up. I was very critical of James at the time because he hadn't taken it to the members and I thought that was something he should have taken to the members, but he didn't. Anyway, it never came off. But that always buried, sowed the seed in my mind that North were looking at Tasmania. Then, of course, they did a hybrid women's team with Tasmania and did the wrong thing by them, didn't call them, didn't put the name Tasmania in the in the team. They just called them the North Melbourne Tasmanian Kangaroos or something insipid like that. Anyway, so I, I think there's been a lot of links and 
I didn't think the AFL would go with a 19th team. I now do, although that um, move pushes suffered a severe blow this week with the sudden resignation of Peter Gutwin, who was a champion of the cause. Okay, running sheets haven't always been your strong suit on my experiences with you on, on broadcast media. No, that's true. There's a question here that says, Caro, to read, but because I don't think you've even got it in front of you, I'll read it. Um, Darren Goss wants to this address to me. With all the talk that you, I'm carrying on about with the lid being off at Carlton, a supporter's not allowed to enjoy and dream a little after 20 years of misery. The players aren't getting ahead of themselves, so what's the issue? Darren, I, I've been using that phrase, absolutely, but I, I've been embracing the lid being off. I, 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 there's nothing condescending about what I'm saying about that. I, I love the fact that they are, you, as a supporter, are taking the lid off, and I reckon go for it. There's going to be a few issues. You'll have to put it back on at some stage, and it may be as soon as this week. Who knows? But just uh, just embrace it. And I certainly am. I, I'm loving the energy that's coming. I'm loving the embracing of it from, from Michael Voss. I agree, and I will ask a question because I do have the running sheet in front of me, Damien. <laughs> Ryan Lear via, via Twitter asks, Warnie's farewell. Do the two of you agree with the public sentiment that it was just about perfect? Yeah. I, I, I couldn't believe how well it came across, and, and I, I didn't see it absolutely live. I had saw bits of it live. I then made, made sure I went back and watched it um, in, in totality, and it, there's not one part of it that could have been better, I don't think, from, from any aspect of it. Did you? No, I watched it later on record because we yep. were doing footy classified. I watched the first hour at the time. I think that um, it, it spoke a lot about Victorians have had a horrible couple of years. Um, as tragic as Shane Warne's early death was, um, he was he was a passionate Victorian, Melbourneian, and I think the whole state funeral, and they all did a brilliant job, made us feel – I mean, have you read one article asking how much it cost? No. Or questioning the government on no one's even no one's even written about that, which normally there would be in this cynical day and age. I think it was I hate to say it as sad as it is for the family. I hope they got some closure out of it. I thought the moment they unveiled the Shane Warne stand, yeah. Shane Warne was wonderful, and I, I just think it made us feel better about ourselves and yeah. proud to have had him. Yeah. In our lives, in that, in some weird sort of way. Yeah. So, uh, Ryan, to your question, I don't know whether there was something you had in mind that, that it could have improved it, but I I didn't immediately identify with any aspect of it. Um, we'll wait through a few more, Caro. Uh, Stu Clegg on Facebook, uh, it's to you. What's your favourite memory of your time as a panellist on Talking Footy in the early 2000s? And do you think Footy Classified has the potential to last 20 years? Well, I do, Stu, because we're into year 16, so we're almost there, which I'm just staggered by. Um, whether I'm on it in twenty at the 20-year anniversary, I can't speak for that. I don't know about Craig. I really want Craig to stick around on Footy Classified. But He's still the key to it, isn't he? Don't tell I, him I said that. I, yeah. Jane, and, take that out, actually. And, <laughs> no, but um, my favourite memory, working with Bruce McAvaney, one of my favourite all-time people in football, people in life, um, one of the few people, Damien, that what you see is what you get. Yep. Is It was exactly like on screen what is like in real life. You can't um, say that about everyone, can you? You cannot say that. We don't even that. know the people, as you said before, who work on the station I work on. Well, you... No, you've asked me to bag one of them and I won't. It's not a bagging thing. Get over it. Hey, um... Jonathan Phillips on Facebook. Now, he's getting to a topic that we had tabled for the main body of the sounding board, but we rushed through right at the very end. So you've got a few seconds here, Karen, more than you had in the main body. Uh, we want our coaches to express themselves and not just give bland responses to questions, but is Damien Hardwick's comment at Sunday's press conference just an example of making sure you pick the right time and topic to express some personality with answers and not just give cliches? Over to you. Yeah, look, I think that, you know, there's a fine line between what Luke Beveridge did in round one 
and with, you know, Damon's comment on Sunday night, I thought, look, Richmond are in a heap of trouble on the field and clearly things are not going well for Damien Hardwick, but I thought he did a pretty good press conference. Yeah. Um, I thought the comment at the end was, as I said on um, the sounding board, it was completely beaten up. And I, I'm told that, you know, some pretty senior people at the AFL, you know, whose initials might be Brian Walsh, or, um, did get in touch with a lot of the, with several clubs and just remind them that they had to be really careful about comments that they made. And seriously, I think that's extraordinary. Yep. I know Richmond think that too. Do you? Even though Damien Hardwick effectively did, in inverted commas, apologise. Yeah, well, I think. Or at least contextualise. I think he was strong armed. John Corbett on email. John, this was nearly the question of the week. Uh, It's the both of us. When it comes to footy coverage and journalism, personally, I am most fascinated by the stories about administrators and decision makers in the game where Caro is the GOATS. Question Across the spectrum of categories of stories, Players, coaching, administrators, umpires, rules, tribunals, MRP, broadcasters, etc. What do you think the fans most want to read slash consume these days? And how has this changed slash shifted during both of your time in covering footy? I think footy supporters want to read about their heroes, but they want to read about them warts and all. Yeah. And they don't want to read um, or see those robotic interviews that happen often, often on TV at halftime and before games. I don't know why they even bother. <laughs> Occasionally you I'm get with a, you on that. Occasionally you get a cracker of a post-game interview, both on radio and on TV. In a live moment, though, isn't it? The, Whereas where it's unscripted, it, yeah. they don't know what's coming and they don't know how they're going to answer it because of I the mean, adrenaline. Zach Tui again, you know, on the Sunday footy show, yeah, good. having a crack at the arrogant um, arrogance Supporters the, and, and, and opponents. The Collingwood players. Yeah. And, yeah. and there's a bit of, you know, arrogance about Geelong too. How dare you, you know, we're the old staging champs, you know. I mean, of course you can have a go at Joel Selwood, for heaven's sake. But I think they want that. And I do think, I hate to say it, but a good old-fashioned coach sacking, if you can find out. No, I know it sounds awful. It does. But if you can get all the detail and find out where the meeting took place and what they drank and what they said, I mean, yeah. I think that's. I think people do consume that. I know from the feedback I get. Yeah, the 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 coffee or the orange juice or the the, mm. the muffin that was consumed in the post the red wine telling, that Kevin Sheedy and Peter Jackson drank when he told yeah, him he was being sacked. Um, yep. I, I love those ones. The, the, the only, what I will say about what they want to consume that they actually want to consume stuff they tell us they don't, and that is that is the private lives. As much as we like to think that we don't cover it, we, we also know we work for news organisations, maybe you less than than some I've worked with, Caro, and, and maybe do. Um, the public love that. The public love getting the stuff that they tell us they don't like, that being the private side. Yeah. I mean, my favourite sort of journalism is tabloid journalism in a broadsheet format, <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> Yep. We'll make this the last one. It's for you, Caro, again. Uh, ben Mignotoli on Facebook. Over the years of the sounding board, we've learnt that, uh, as in I, can often do hold a grudge long term. Now, this is a problem. I'm just editorialising here, Hutchie. Hutchie has created that myth about me, Caro, but Ben's picked up on it that I do hold a grudge. Do you find that you also hold a grudge, Caro? If so, without naming names, or unless you want to, would the number of people on your grudge list barely fit on one hand, two hands, two hands and two feet, or is it too long to count? No, I don't hold grudges. I really don't. And I think surely you hold so. Look, I, I think there are people who hold grudges against me, but um, I also think that I'm that we are a forgiving industry in so many different ways. I mean, I know Tim Watson. I think loathes me, absolutely loathes me. And I think um, that's something we've got in common. And we're <laughs> what a, what an exclusive club. And um, and I don't think I'll ever make peace with Tim Watson over 
We found certain, something in common, Caro. Certain <laughs> elements of the Essendon drug scandal. I don't think Damien Hardwick's all that mad on me at the moment because of a piece I wrote after his marriage broke up and his relationship with a staffer at the club. I don't think Luke Beveridge is all that whooped on me at the well, moment. There's another thing in common. <laughs> isn't, well, I, I think you're, you're winning that one, but I'm not far behind at the moment. But I honestly don't hold grudges against people. I don't. I just. It's, Do you I, say you don't or you genuinely don't? I, I work and get on really well with Eddie Maguire. Slam dunk. I mean, Eddie did some, <laughs> said some things about me over the years and me about him, Slam in dunk. fairness, that, you know, would, would be, seem as unforgivable. But I can't, I can't dislike him. I just can't. Because, you know, his best is so very, very good. Yeah. As we saw last week at the Shane Warne I was going to say, funeral. we just spoke about the Shane Warne funeral and he was uh, right behind most of what went on there, um, at least in organisation. And there are times I find him so infuriating. But, you know, there we are. There's three things in common. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jane, who's who's uh, loved you having you in the studio, Caro, uh, is winding us up. So we've got to go. That was question time for the sounding board for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Thanks for listening to the Sounding Board podcast with Hutchie and Damo for Drinkwise. Make sure you find us on Facebook and Twitter at Sounding Board EP. Hit the sign up button on Facebook to receive our weekly email and subscribe to, rate and review the show wherever you listen to podcasts.